Hi, I'm Mike Impulgado and this is Knowledge Hacker Podcast. In today's episode, I wanted to answer a very challenging question that was brought to me by some of my knowledge hackers and students. After listening to the last episode and getting familiar with Dale and Kruger's paper, they asked me why on earth all the smart students all around the world are still fighting for places in these best colleges if according to the research it doesn't bring any fun financial aids, doesn't bring them a better paid job or more money after the college. And that is a very legit question. Just to put you in the context, in the last episode we, dis- uh, we discussed Stacy's Dales and Alan Kruger uh, research that was published in 2012, they based a study case on a group of white and Asian students and they discovered that the students that were coming from upper level class and with a well-educated family background will not benefit financially from going to Ivy League colleges like Harvard or Princeton more than from going to less renowned institutions. So in other words, you will not earn more money after college than you will earn after a second-rank college if you're coming from a upper-level class family with good education and you're white or Asian. And that raised the question in the heads of my college, college students, in the heads of my knowledge hackers. If that's the case, why do we fight over these places? And all the smart people, all half of the Asian population, half the Chinese population, they're basically sacrificing half of their childhood just to pass the exam and get to these colleges. Why is that? If it's not bringing a better paid job and more money. Well, my father would answer this very short. He would say, son, if people are fighting over something, and you don't really know what the thing is, it's probably all about money. And my father would be very right in this case. But just to prove you my theory that hacking knowledge is always better than looking for the rules and answers by yourself, I'm gonna use a research of other researchers. Carolyn Hogsby and Sarah Turner Uh, professors in Stanford and Virginia universities were actually researching the same kind of questions. After Dale and Kruger published their research in 2012, they had exactly the same question. If that is true, why students are still fighting over places in these colleges? Is it actually possible that that, that it's like a mad world, right? What are we doing here? And so they did a study on their own and tried to figure out what is the case. But before we will go to discoveries of uh, Hogsby's and Turner's research, I wanted to tell you a little bit about the situation that we were in at this point uh, of time. So our higher education system is basically designed on a system called meritocracy. That's the system invented by Michael Young, a term invented by Michael Young in the 1960s. And it's nothing else than distributing power and wealth on the basis of talent, effort, 
and achievement. And as a theory, it, it's, it's very beautiful and nice, but it only works if students have equal opportunities, okay? To get that talent or to put their effort or to achieve whatever, okay? And as it was working, the meritocratic system was working for us while we were in industrial era in 1960s and 1970s, it's totally, totally not working for students who are living in the capitalist world. So now you will see by checking out the research of Hogsby and Turner, how is it twisted this meritoc meritocratic system in today's world. Okay then, let's get straight to the hacking then. So what we know right now is that today's educational system is based on a meritocratic system, which is rewarding students who are talented, high achievers, and are willing to put a lot of effort into their study, into their education, yes? Now, what the research of Turner and Hogsby is showing us is that when this system was developed in 1960s and 1970s, we were in the middle of industrial era and the colleges back then were spending something around $4,000 a year per student to educate them, okay? At that time, that system was working for most of the students because as the schools were spending reasonably low amount of money to educate students, the fees for colleges were also low and most of the students were able to afford that. Now, in today's capitalist world, Colleges like Harvard, for example, are charging equivalent of $60,000 a year per student. This is the tuition fee for, the, for Harvard without having any scholarship. So, in other words, if you want to study in Harvard, you need to have $250,000 in your pocket just in the tuition, just for the tuition, right? But what is interesting, if that's really the case, right? what is the reward of studying in places like Harvard? Well, the same research is showing us that schools like Harvard are spending equivalent of $150,000 a year per student. Yes, you heard me right. I'm gonna slow down over here because you need to do your math. You're spending sixty thousand, and on the tuition, yeah, a year, and Harvard is spending one hundred fifty thousand for your education every year. Well, that means Harvard is adding ninety thousand dollars for every single student every single year. Uh huh. That is our reward, and that is what the students are fighting for. At least the ones that knows the game. $90,000, you say? How is it even possible? Well, that is possible just because colleges like Harvard are playing their long game, okay? Instead of taking money from students who are coming to study in Harvard, they're collecting money from students who already gradu graduated from Harvard. 
in the form of different hedge funds. If you will see all the different fundraisers around the colleges, most of the students, who, most of the people who are funding colleges are actually former students of these colleges, right? And receiving donations like $300,000, three, $300,000,000 and, 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 and above is nothing really new to colleges like Harvard. But the people who are donating that money are graduates of Harvard in most cases. So that's how it works. That's how Harvard knows that in a long game they will still get their money, even though they have to add more money at this point, right? The more high-level students, high-achieving students they will have in their walls, the more hedge funds and the more fundraising money they will get later on down the road. So this is showing how Harvard can actually spend much more on their students than the students are paying. But at the same time, tuition for Harvard is still not accessible for most of the students. That is what the capitalist world did to the meritocratic system that was designed in 60s and 70s. So that only shows us that even though the theory was good, it's not working today because we don't have that kind of money, right? But it also answers the question. Now everything is logic. Why students, why all the smart students around the world are fighting for the places in colleges like Harvard? Well, because if you don't go to Harvard, if you don't go to the second-rate uh, college, in that case, that kind of college would spend on you something around $100,000 a year. We're still talking about a good college, right? A good uh, in-state college, right? Can be a public or, or a semi-private. So not talking about the last one, right? So you're gonna have a difference of $50,000 a year that Harvard is adding to your education if you're admitted to their college, right? That means in the course of four years, Harvard will spend on you $200,000 more than other less renowned school. Is it that worth fighting for? So the answer for this question is yes and no. Depends where you're standing. What is your background, right? So let's just review really quickly what we got here. First of all, we had Dale and Kruger research that told us that if you're a white or Asian student that's coming from upper middle class with a fam educated family, going to Harvard or a second rate college will not gonna make a big difference for you in your future earnings. And that's because the money that Harvard will spend on your education, your parents can also spend even though you're not in Harvard, right? So you can still get whatever the Harvard is buying for that extra money somewhere else. Your family can provide or friends of your family can provide or basically your situation, your life situation is still allowing you to get that somewhere else, okay? Even if you're not in, in Harvard. And that is why 
no matter if these students from this particular background will go to Harvard or not, they might still be equally successful later, okay? So now, when you're looking at it from this perspective, you're thinking, well, that depends, obviously. The answer depends if it's worth or not to get this extra $200,000 for your education and depends mostly on what Harvard is spending that money for, okay? That is very big difference, right? Because they, it can be spent on something that will make a huge difference for you, or it can be spent on something that won't make a big difference for you because you still ha you already have it from your family, from your background, from your life status, life social economic status, you already have it. So no matter if the Harvard will add it or not, you will still end up in pretty much the same spot okay but if you're coming from a lower income family right if you're coming from a family who doesn't have connections who doesn't have that status that social economic status then going to Harvard who which who will spend which will spend extra two hundred thousand dollars on edu education will give you a big difference right and that is why a lot of students wants to go to places like Harvard because they need that but it also shows us that even if you're not gonna be admitted to a place like Harvard or Stanford or other Ivy League colleges, you still can win and you still can have your success. You just have to find another way around how to get there, right? Because what you need is basically what Harvard is buying, what Harvard is paying for, for all those students who, who are admitted, right? So now we need to answer the question, where this extra $200,000 is going to, right? What the Harvard is buying. How they're spending this extra money, right? If we know that, maybe we can find an equivalent, a cheaper equivalent of that, right? And do just that even without being in Harvard. That makes sense? I hope so. So at this point, we know one thing, that this beautiful theory of meritocratic system that was invented in 60s and 70s was working for students who had to pay for colleges very low tuition, but right now, most of the students can't afford these first league colleges because even with partial scholarships, they still can't afford it or in order to afford it, they have to take a student loan and then pay for it. You following me? So at this point, the capitalist world turn it upside down altogether, right? Because most of the students will not even think about going to colleges like that, that cost this kind of money, right? They will go to college that costs, that they can afford, for, for instance, right? But some students, that are in the game a little bit longer or maybe they have families that were in the game before because moms or dads were going to colleges they might know that there are ways how we can go around it right we can go to colleges like harvard and stanford without paying a penny most of the students don't even know about it and this is another thing that hogsby and turner discovered most of the students in u.s don't even know that they can study in places like Harvard without paying anything for it or paying much less that they would pay for the local college, 
And so what they did, they created a program that will be informing those students from all these different places that didn't have that crucial information what they need to do in order to get to places like Harvard. This program was distributed among uh, uh, base uh, students. It was called a Hamilton, Hamilton Project. Right now, it's uh, open. There is an open platform when you can uh, just go and collect the um, packet information about college. This information will be on our Facebook community group, um, Knowledge Hackers. So if you do want to have an access to this packet, this informational packet, just go uh, to Facebook and join our Knowledge Hackers community where you can get this totally for free. Uh, this packet was nothing else than a bunch of information telling students all around the US how to get to colleges like Harvard or Stanford or Princeton, right? Or all the other Ivy League colleges without paying any money. And this is where the game started for these people. They knew that they have to study hard and really put a lot of effort in order to be in this group of high achievers so they can have a full scholarship and be admitted to these kind of colleges. And they really wanted to do it because they knew what is on the stake an extra $200,000 for your education, okay? But you see what this system did to this meritocratic, beautiful theory? Right now, we're not awarding talented, high achievers that put a lot of effort. We actually awarding people who have more money, right? If you can't afford the higher, the higher education on the best possible level, that's available for you. If you can't afford, then you have to take part in this rat race because the places in, in colleges like Harvard and Stanford are very limited. Like I said in, my, in the last episode, only 4% of lower income families uh, students are in Harvard. Most of, of the other students are high income family students, right? So that's, that shows that the play field is not even, is not equal for everybody. And that's why the meritocratic system is not working anymore. But we as hackers know that there is a way around it. We can either take part in this rat race like most of the Chinese students do right now. Spending a few years in China showed me how extreme that is right now for those students. You know, most of the Chinese students, the high achieving students, they are sacrificing more than half of their childhood to study hard, to be in this group of high, high achievers, to be in this group of people who put tons and tons of effort just to cut the rubric and, and be in this college and get this extra money that will be spent on their education. But what they're missing is that there is actually a different way. Instead of fighting with a bunch of other students who wants to be in this 3% of top class students, we can actually find out 
what colleges like Harvard, Stanford, Princeton, Ivy League colleges, what they're spending that, that, that extra money for, okay? And we can try to find it somewhere else, outsource it, right? We go to a different school, much the school that is much easier to get to, right? Still a good school, still a school that will, that will spend $100,000 a year for your education, right? Not gonna be as much as Harvard, but still gonna be a lot of a lot of money, right? And add whatever that school doesn't have somewhere else. So you spend a little bit more, okay? But you will still get exactly the same type of education that the Harvard will give you. And we already know as well from uh, Julia Fremont Fisher that one of the things one of the most important things that schools like Harvard will give you is your network, the relationship, right? The relationship is nothing else than the leverage of the opportunities the school like Harvard is giving you. But we can have that somewhere else. Today we're living in the age of information, in the age of internet. We can have all that even outside of the walls of schools. And we know how to get that. Being a knowledge hacker is giving you access to all those people that you need to meet. So just to summarize everything that we covered in Knowledge Hacker Podcast until this point, we need to consider two different ways that you can take when playing the game of life. The first way is to follow the game that is set for us by higher education system. And that means for you that you have to cut the ranks and be in top 3% of students worldwide in order to get to the best possible colleges that will spend the most money on your education. And that will give you the advantage and possibly take you a little bit closer to winning the game of life. I say possibly because there is many cases when you are admitted to those colleges, but you're still not finishing them. There is a very, very big trap that awaits for you that we will cover during the next episodes of this podcast. But today, summarizing the other way we can take is simply we can hack the college and the college knowledge. That's our other way how we can still win the game. Instead of taking part in a rat race, right, and killing each other throughout half of our childhood time just to, to, just to be in the top 3%, we can simply find out what these top-ranked colleges are doing with the extra money that are investing in your education. Once we know that, we can simply do the same thing just find it cheaper, way, way cheaper, right? Sometimes maybe you don't even have to pay anything. You just have to copy what the high, what these high-ranked colleges are doing. And this is what hacker community is doing all the time. We are waiting for you with other hackers and the knowledge hacker experts on our Facebook community group. You can join us anytime and see how you can set the game for yourself instead of playing the, set, the game that is already set up for you by higher education institutions. 
It was Mike Impulgado. Let's crack the code together and win the game of life.